Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 49, we are continuing our series on joy. Today, we are looking at building our joy house. Hello, Father. Hello, daughter. So good to be with you. <laughs> it is. And congratulations on your recent graduation. Oh, thank you. Yes. Last episode came out on the Monday after graduation, ah. but we are actually recording this on the Monday after graduation. <laughs> so I am actually graduated. <laughs> and I'm very proud of her. She was summa cum laude. 3.9 something, something, something. <laughs> so that's really impressive. Congratulations. You are too kind. And also, my dear brother graduated this weekend as well from undergrad, and we're very proud of him. He did. And we have had a whirlwind weekend. We've had just. a whirlwind weekend. Yeah. Ben graduated from Taylor. And uh, so mom and I were there, picked him up, uh, emptied his room, and drove down to see you. And here we are. <laughs> With you down in Kentucky, so. Yes, all the family me. together. I love it when that happens. And, you know, speaking of school, some of our listeners may not know that Deeper Walk has a school. Uh, the Deeper Walk School of Ministry is currently, as of May 29th, 2023, accepting applications for our certificate in Deeper Walk Prayer Ministry. Certification, that is. Um, this is an intensive, interactive, hands-on, heart-focused discipleship training program in practical ministry, and the next cohort runs from August 2023 to May 2024, and I just wanted to make that known to our listeners. Um, yeah. that no, it's a nine-month program. It takes, uh, from what I've been told, four to six hours of time a week, depending on the week. Uh, we get lots of breaks, so it's not constant every single week, but it's, uh, it's good. I think there's uh, nine months of of training and with the summer off. So. Yeah. We have so many good testimonies and it's, it's a really wonderful thing. So I just wanted to let everybody know we are taking applications for that right now. So there's a lot more information at our website, deeperwalkinternational.org slash ministry dash certification. And you can check it out now, apply. You can even put your name on a list for interest in future cohorts. If you don't think you're quite ready for August, but you want to know more later, um, so yeah, I invite you to check that out. Today, for our episode, we are talking about building a joy house. Before we get into that, do you do you want to just describe where that concept came from? What is yeah, building so a joy house? The idea of joy houses, you know, it sounds like just a typical, you know, metaphor, but you know, through the years I've worked with a lot of folks who've had dissociative identities or multiple personalities and what I found is that most of them had inner worlds. And there was a classic case where one person, when we first met, they were basically living in dungeons in their inner world. I mean, kids were trapped, all their little kid parts were trapped in these dungeons, and they were just living with constant torment. It was talk about a fear house. And Jesus showed up and he unlocked the gates and he let them free and they didn't leave because <laughs> they were so scared, right? But anyway, he eventually helped them get out of there, come to this beautiful place uh, where he provided for them a different house. And this house was like a castle. It was like an Irish or a Scottish castle. It was, it was just gorgeous. And it was a place where they could live 
And from there, now the kids could live a life of adventure and play, and they all had pets, and they all did different things. And what I, I found by that was that Jesus was interested in them having a positive, healthy, happy inner world in which to live. And I found that, to a large extent, that's essentially in working with people who have these really severe issues like this, that it's often just a a model of what all of us go through, just with more clarity and intensity. And so I realizing, you know, that's a pretty good metaphor for all of us. We all need to be careful what our inner world turns into, that it's a place that we like to spend time. And if it is, then it becomes the source of a lot of adventure, the source of intimacy with God. And if it's not, then it's something we want to avoid or it's someplace we feel trapped. Yeah, I, I love the imagery. And so building a joy house in our terms can be thought of as building resilience. And we've talked a lot about resilience on this podcast, but um, could you could you talk more about it from that perspective? And I know last episode, I think we talked about your window of tolerance. So what is a window of tolerance? What does it look like to grow that? So the window of tolerance is essentially, uh, it is the measure of how much upset emotion you can handle and absorb without it really affecting you or throwing you off. And you can begin to tell when it has affected you because you turn into a different person. It's like you go from being friendly to being kind of surly. You go from being engaged to being shut down. You know, you just, something changes very rapidly because you reach the edge of your window of capacity. So what happens is is that I sometimes think of this as like cups and that the water or liquid that you put into the cups it represents how much stress I can handle or how much um, emotional upset I can handle before that cup overflows. And so the problem we find is there's a couple problems. One is a lot of us live right on the edge of our window of tolerance all of the time. And because of that, it just doesn't take much to push us past the, the edge. And so there are two basic solutions here. One is I need to take a break and give myself a break to pull back from the edge. And that requires a rhythm. It requires some patterning in my life that gives me enough time off to pull away from the edge like that. Uh, And the other is I need to do things like calming and appreciating and storytelling and attacking the toxic thinking to, to begin growing my window of tolerance so that it takes more and more to overwhelm me. So those are the two things. I want to grow it and I want to give myself uh, adequate rest and adequate break, so I'm not constantly on the edge of it. Mm-hmm. And developing recovery skills, which would be the yeah. the rest and such. Yeah. So um, I was thinking we started the year off talking about sort of the building bounce and ABCs of building bounce. Could you? I think that's really appropriate for right now. Could you give an overview? Of the ABCs of building bounce. Yeah, I was working with Stephanie Hinman, uh, who you know she's an art therapist, deals with a lot of children coming out, right, trying to rebuild their uh, capacity that maybe they missed. In talking through it, we landed on ABC is a real simple way to remember what it is, and A is appreciation and quieting, and those two always go together, appreciation and quieting, because after I've feel felt the joy of appreciation, it's easier to quiet. And sometimes it's easier to appreciate once I have quieted. So those two things are always go together. I look at them like flip sides of the same coin. 
uh, that is sometimes I quiet in order to appreciate. And then when I'm done, it's easy to quiet again. Uh, sometimes I appreciate first and then it's easier to quiet afterwards. So you'll even see this in uh, like seminars and things where people will gather. Well, they'll tell funny stories to each other or happy stories. And you can feel the energy in the room getting, you know, really light and happy. And then afterwards, it's just much easier for people like it opens up headspace for them because they are now further away from the edge of their window of tolerance than they were before, right? They've got a little more capacity. And so uh, we've all felt that where I had some joy and after the joy, I had more quiet. So that's the A, appreciation, quieting, those always go together. Um, the B is beliefs. And this is the idea that I often rob myself of joy and rob myself of things because my mindset is is in these dark places, whether uh, it's like the person living in a dungeon, right? I'm just always in darkness in my thoughts, or I'm always in fear, anticipating the what ifs of life. Um, so we need to deal with B's beliefs. And then C is connections and the idea that I have to grow capacity relationally. I don't just hold myself up in a room, do a whole bunch of like emotional pushups, you know, come out and go, look at me. I am now emotional Superman, right? The only way, the only way you can do this is relationally. And so you have to have connections with people just to practice a lot of these skills. Also being with people where we feel safe, calm, and connected, right? Those are the three words, safe, calm, and connected uh, has a lot to do with uh, how quickly I grow my emotional capacity. And then we put into that connecting with God, right? And that is, there's a lot of us who don't feel safe, calm, and connected with God. And that that creates a lot of our emotional problems. So we have to uh, find ways to um, overcome the fears we have with God. Uh, so that we can have a stable relationship with him. Well, and that's so key because, I mean, going back to the dungeons versus castle metaphor, I mean, the point there isn't just generic safety, you know, like, oh, you're not in a scary place and now you're in a happy place. But it's also the happy places where Jesus is spending, like you are spending time with Jesus in this happy place. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's part of re building resilience and building your joy house is building a house with Jesus and spending time with him there. So yes, thank you. So so the ABCs of Building Bounce, that was just a quick fire hose overview. We have several episodes that just go through each of those points, but I wanted to make sure if you haven't heard that before, you know that exists and you can go back and listen to those or get the book Building Bounce and that will um, help you build your resilience even more. Um, so the book that just came out, Dad, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People, you wrote with Chris Corsi. Um, you actually use the joy house as a central theme here, and and your acrostic is the Spanish word casa, which means house. So um, would you give us an overview of casa? And, and then also I'll just add, um, Dad and Chris did a, a little mini podcast series that it's not out yet, and we'll let you know when it's out, um, but that is going to take um, you step by step through CASA as well. So we're going to do an overview here. Yeah, absolutely. So Chris and I got together up at the uh, Hobart property where uh, the Deeper Walk is acquired in February. And uh, Ben was there and he uh, did the production work and we recorded some podcasts. I think actually Moody is going to be distributing those. But the CASA acrostic, you're going to, it's going to sound familiar with the ABC because there's a lot of overlap, right? We said A is appreciation and quieting. Well, C is calming. A is appreciating. 
So there's just, that's the, the foundation. There's no way around it. You know, you've got to lay those two things. So that's always going to be the foundation of building resilience, calming or quieting and appreciating, right? Then uh, the S is, is new, and that is this idea of storytelling. And it was really inspired by the fact that Thrive Today, when they do their training, um, and they want to teach people how to bounce back from upsetting emotions, uh, they realize that one of the ways that our brain uh, builds resilience is that it collects stories of times that we successfully navigated hard emotions. And so when I feel that emotion, if the only stories that pop up our stories of times of that emotion overwhelmed me, I'm in trouble. But if uh, I feel an emotion and what pops up are memories of times that I felt that emotion, that emotion, and I was still okay, uh, acted like myself, it didn't overwhelm me, I was able to bounce back quickly, then I'm less intimidated by the emotion. So the idea here is collecting stories. Now, I put a, I want to camp out on storytelling. Yes, yes, I was going to ask you to, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I was uh, doing a leadership training event recently and did a little experiment. And it was, I had the people go around in the group and tell a story. Um, and I signed different emotions. Like, tell me a story about feeling disgust. Tell me one about feeling, you know, sadness. And what I found was interesting is everyone in the room, except for like one person, their story went something like this. So I experienced this really bad thing. It made me feel this really bad emotion. And that's why I am the way I am, right? Now, that's an interesting pattern to the story, right? I, I experienced this bad thing. I felt this bad emotion. And essentially, and that's why I messed up. Now, if that's the conclusion of your story, right, then your brain is telling yourself over and over again, you're a messed up person and you will always be a messed up person because every time you feel this emotion, it's a sign that you're messed up. I was like, that's not really the messaging we want going on in our brains. So we teach uh, a step method to, um, you know, it literally is the word step, an acrostic step method on how to tell a uh, helpful story. And that is, you know, so what's the setting of the story you're going to tell? What's the trigger that, you know, what's the emotion that got triggered? And then what's the point you want to make? And our, and I, we say the point should either be, and this is how I handled it well, or this is how I bounced back from it, or I didn't necessarily handle it well, but this is the lesson that I've learned. What we don't want to do is make the point of the story, that's why I messed up, right? Or that's why I don't function well. You want the story to end in hope. You want the story to end in hope. You want the story to end that you were able to get through that emotion and be okay. Could you give us an example of a story? Uh, sure. So my, kind of my go-to illustration on this is being at a restaurant and it was a buffet and noticing that they had chocolate mousse. And I was made a mental note that I wanted to go back and get chocolate, uh, this chocolate mousse for dessert. And so this, uh, so the setting is I was at a restaurant with some friends and, uh, the trigger was that I went back, got myself the chocolate mousse, took my first bite and almost spit it out in front of everybody. Right. All right. And because it wasn't chocolate mousse, it was liver pate. I know. It was just greasy. It's like we're not the, the opposite it of is chocolate the mousse. Opposite. And and it was just it, so what it did is it created the emotion of disgust. My whole body felt like retching a little bit because that's what disgust is. It makes you want to vomit. So it's like I was thinking, oh yuck, I want to get this taste out of my mouth. I gotta get 
And then I noticed that everybody's laughing, right? They're all like, oh, that's so funny. And I'm like, so at this point, what am I going to do? You know, I was like, I can get mad at him. Why are you laughing at me? I'm not, you know, I, I, and, but I realized it is, is kind of funny, right? This is pretty funny. So I was able to laugh with them. <laughs> I was, went to the bathroom and, <laughs> and uh, gargled a little bit. Then I went back and uh, got a drink of something else and found the actual chocolate mousse. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they all all ended well. So, but it was a time of feeling disgust, but realizing I don't have to let disgust take me in this. Oh, life is unfair. I hate you know. Why is everything in like this? Well, you know, why does this always happen? You know, if you could take a story like this and go in a direction of, you know, why does this always happen to me? Life isn't fair, and why are people laughing at me? And uh, you could take it in a very negative direction. So, um, that's why I'm making the point that I was able to say myself, laugh about it with them go fix the situation and get, you know, get what I wanted, realize I, I, I was okay. Very good. Thank you. All right. Any more on storytelling or? Well, that's probably enough for now. I mean, there's a lot, obviously, like I said, Thrive Today does a lot of great stuff with And to clarify, Thrive Today is Chris Corsi's. Yeah. Uh, co-author Chris Corsi. He is the president of Thrive Today. So um, that's kind of where that idea came from. So we have Calming and Appreciating, C.A., storytelling which is the s and then the next day is attacking toxic thinking so you're going to see the beliefs from the abc model here right in some ways storytelling is about beliefs too it's like let's get our story straight right what is it that we want to tell ourselves so yeah the idea of of attacking toxic thinking really hit home for me uh the first time i was intentionally trying to practice appreciation when i was uh like, okay, I want to not just sip down my coffee as fast as possible, get on with my day. I want to appreciate it, right? And uh, so I'm holding my cup of coffee and I'm feeling the cool of the ceramic and smelling the aroma. And this whole thing goes on about two seconds and the thought comes into my head. This is the stupidest thing you've ever done. Okay, so that's what I mean by an attack. I was attacked by a toxic thought, right? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. And I realized just how much of the good things I try to do in life get sabotaged because I don't recognize the toxic thinking and I don't take those thoughts captive. And it takes me back, honestly, I was thinking about this yesterday. And when I was in uh, little league playing baseball, my dad gave me uh, Maxwell Maltz, uh, psycho cybernetics. And it had lots of stories in there of professional athletes who would picture themselves doing things perfectly over and over and over again. And so my dad encouraged me, I was a pitcher, and he encouraged me before every pitch, just take two seconds to picture myself making the perfect pitch. Now, that wasn't the same pitch every time. It wasn't like right down the middle. It was like, I want this one high and inside and fast. I want this one low and outside and slow. It's like, what are you going to do? Picture yourself doing it perfectly, then do it. And what I found is that when I struggled with my pitching, I couldn't actually do that. It was like, it was really, really hard for me to visualize myself doing it correctly. And I found a, a very real connection here between the confidence with which I uh, lived, the confidence with which I did these things, and the mental pictures that were driving the way I lived. So when we talk about attacking toxic thinking, that's kind of it. Uh, we're talking about recognizing those those mental images and those quick stabbing thoughts that suck the life out of us. and. Uh, replacing those as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited to hear more about that in future. For now, I do want to ask, 
where did these four come from? Did you just pick four that spell Casa? Yeah, or, no, you know? I really wanted Casa, <laughs> so I just, no. <laughs> it is kind of funny. The uh, acrostic always comes last, just so people understand how this works. It's like you, you, you attack a subject, you come down with principles, and then once you've written out all the principles, I will literally put like what are four or five possible words that sum up that principle. And then I look to see if there's a pattern among those words that I can make spell something. So it's never like, oh, hey, I, I let's do this. Um, these, these, these come from the fact that they're just, you know, we try not to overwhelm people. We don't want to say here's 17 principles for living a happier life. You know, so four is a good number. And we are also trying to make this a book that you could give to a non-Christian audience so we we left out what would normally be the fifth part here, and that is our connection to God. And that is that people who have a joy bond with God generally do much better with their emotional capacity than people who have a fear bond with God. And so if I could have put anything else in this book that wasn't there, that would have been in there, but it's because of the audience. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really good to know. So we are coming up to the end of the episode. Before we get Dad's final thoughts feels especially appropriate considering today's topic to remind everyone that we have a free tool for you that you can access today. It's never too late to grow your capacity to feel joy because your brain has the capacity to grow joy as long as you live, and it only takes 28 days to form a new habit. Thrive Today and Deeper Walk have partnered to put together a 28-day joy challenge for you. You can sign up for free at fourhabits.org. When you sign up, you'll receive 28 days of simple joy exercises straight to your inbox. Plus, you can choose your favorite printable calendar for a physical reminder about each day's exercise. I hope you accept the challenge and have so much fun using it to build your joy capacity. So, my father, any final thoughts for the episode? All right, so you're going to appreciate this. So we've had a cat in the room the whole time we've been doing this. He's a very busy, active cat. And uh, one of the – and we used to have a cat, and we're about to get another one, I think, here. So it's uh, – Yes, this is my roommate's cat who's in the room with us. Oh, okay. So one of the things I've often noticed about animals and having a pet – I mean, if you've had pets, you may, you've probably noticed this – is that like cats act like cats, right? Dogs act like dogs. I never walk into a room and see a cat acting like a dog, right? Or I don't run in and say, why is the dog suddenly acting like a leopard? You know, that doesn't happen. You know, they act like themselves. And I find that humans are the one kind of, we're the one group that has trouble sometimes acting like ourselves. And when I have trouble acting like myself, it's a sign that I have an emotional capacity issue that needs addressed. Um, if I feel like I've got to wear a mask, if I have to pretend, if I just am not being myself, it it is usually a sign that I have an emotional capacity issue that needs to be addressed. So I think the encouragement today, when I see animals, so my encouragement, when you see an animal, you say the animal acts like himself. Maybe I should try acting like myself today. <laughs> see how that goes. Better game plan. So Happy last word. Well, thank you. And I look forward to continuing this conversation next week. And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. We invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the On the Trail podcast, leave a review, and share with your friends. 
Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.